Welcome to the Greyhound Breeders Owners and Trainers Association Track Talk podcast. This podcast is dedicated to promoting the amazing people and greyhounds that make up our industry. And we are an association based in New South Wales and look after a variety of tracks across the state. We hope you enjoy this podcast and we'd also like to give a big shout out to one of our major supporters in Ladbrokes. They provide amazing funds to allow us to do the things we do in providing benefits to our members and ultimately make greyhound racing the best possible sport it can be. Thank you and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi everyone, welcome to this episode of the GBOTA Track Talk podcast. On this episode, I catch up with New South Wales trainer Dave Smith, whose extremely talented bitch Super Estrella broke the 720 metre record at Wentworth Park on Saturday night. We obviously divulged into that and how he was feeling after the race, chatted about how he got started in greyhound racing, what races he'd love to win, what he's looking forward to in the future and what he enjoys the most about being a GBOTA member. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Sweet. So let's firstly start. So I think we'll start with last night. We'll just work our way back because obviously there's so much good stuff with you going on to talk about. But how are you feeling sort of, you know, um, the morning after the track record the night before and how did she pull up after last night? Oh, she's pulled up excellent. She's been out in the runs, just running up and down. So I, you know, <laughs> I wish you'd just stop and have a relax. She's just full on. But um, oh, I'm still coming to grips with what actually happened too myself. Like, it's yep. just amazing. I've watched so many good dogs go around, you know, Wentworth Park. I live in awe of the stayers. You know, yep. Before I was ever training, I'm just watching Gooby Dancer and Dave's Cruiser and all these dogs. And then now I'm supposed to have one that maybe someone, that another young boy is looking at. You yeah. know, in the same way I looked at those, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, definitely. actually have it, have it here in my house. Yeah, yep, yep. I mean, she's sort of like a lot of people have been saying she's been knocking on the door of you know giving it a shake for a little while, just you know based on that, you know, especially probably the forty one forty six. But given last night, and you know, I'm I'm not sure what the weather was down there, but with the track and everything the way it was, were you thinking that she would? Because she didn't just go close to breaking it; she took a a big chunk off it. Yeah, well, they've said that record would never be broken. And then, as you say, the weather was pretty dusty last night. So it was windy. It never crossed my mind that last night could be a record-breaking night. I know, like, when we went to Nour and stuff, the track was a lot quicker and she broke the record there. It was sort of, you know, sort of expected she had to break the record to win even. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Marcy Eftix finished second to her there and she beat the record as well. But yeah, last night I didn't envisage her breaking the record, and and even watching the run, it didn't feel like a record-breaking run because um, Dave Irwin's dog was sort of making ground on them, getting me worried there at one stage. Yep. You know what I mean? So um, she sort of might have had it because it did run her down in Queensland. Yep. And, yep. Um, yeah, and then when the time come up, yeah, you know, straight away you just think it's a mistake. <laughs> but, you sort of look and go, um, "Am I looking at that right?" <laughs> yeah. Was that my one? I have to check the numbers. Sure <laughs> I mean, you know, like she's going super. Like she got that group one that everyone sort of was hoping that she would get. How does it feel now? Obviously, you know, in a way, does it is it a little bit relief that she got that group one under a belt now? And sort of everything she does now is just a bonus. I think she's done the group one, the track record, and now she can just sort of go on and you know whatever else happens happens. 
Yeah, I think I suppose you know, maybe enjoy the ride even more now because yeah. she, did, she got to the stage where she did deserve one and then, you know, you, not you listen to the people, but people go, oh, she'll never win one or this, that, the other, and she really deserved one. So I'm sort of happy for her, happy for the owners, obviously happy for me yeah. um, that she was able to do it. But I suppose, yeah, now the monkey's off the back. Hopefully she, she can, what the form she's in now, she can just hold it for a little while. But um, oh, definitely, you know, we're proud. We were proud of her before she won. Yep. And now she has. It's just fantastic for us, yeah. Yep. Got any plans for her going forward? Are there any uh, races in particular you're looking at targeting next with her? Well, obviously the Sydney Cup, the heats of Friday week. So yep. um, she'll head into that. And, well, what happens this week, I'm not sure. depends what we'd like to maybe have a look at the Meadows. Assume she'll get a run in the Top Gun. Um, and that, that probably comes up next. And yep. then the Bold Tree. So we'll just follow those those big races around you know i have only just spoke to the owner last night i don't like getting too far ahead i've yep. been doing this long enough now it's <laughs> week to week but um it's something like the shootout or something where there's the four dogs and i'm not saying she'd get a start um but it'd just be really interesting to tack a stayer in amongst the best sprinters you know because yep. she's an on-pace stayer and, <clears throat> and see what she'd done and i think like, that that would draw some interest from punters especially in grand enthusiasts just to see what how she'd compare to those yeah yep yeah definitely and you know looking at it like her, her first section and that um last night there's no reason why she couldn't um you know she couldn't give it a good shake either well that's right but of course with the sprinters that they're used to handling that pressure and, and that's sort of why she sort of stepped up in distance a lot a lot sooner just that you know to get away from that early pressure which sometimes you know the dog's Sprinters can handle better the bigger dogs than the smaller bitches. So yep. and she does use a bit of the track at the first corner, which, you know, we, we were staying for those age-based group races, which she was lucky enough she ran some places in, you know, Young Star Classics and uh, Futurities and whatever. But she just – she probably cost herself the Futurity by moving up on the track yep. um, and let Magri's dog underneath her in that race. So, yeah. But, it, I mean, again, it's four dogs and she's much more tractable now, but – having a bit of age on her side. Um, yeah, I, just, I think there's some interest there, but and so that that's a long way away. Yep. <laughs> you'd, you'd have to be picked to do that. So she has yep. to keep, obviously, red hot form to go into that. Yep, yep. Now, you yourself, um, obviously, you know, outside of her, you've got some um, some other very handy sort of dogs uh, coming through and, and winning, particularly the ones, um, you know, I've been sort of seeing on, on Facebook, the good old Tarada um, litter, and he's a fairly new sire as well. How... Um, can you talk me through some of the other dogs in your kennel that um, are impressing you at the moment? Yeah, well, I've got the good old Taradas, but, you know, they're sort of, they're probably at, the, at their age now, they're finding the 500 maybe a little bit too far. So they've all sort of made that non-grade um, sprint distances around Bulleye and Goulburn gone particularly well. So, you know, the acid test will be now where they sort of need to sort of get to Wentworth Park. Yeah. Um, and hopefully they can run the distance. And I've got some White Sox pups, um, Oreos, Ethics just ran two up the straight this week. He, he's a very fast dog, and some of that some of that litter go really well. They've just been a little bit injury prone. Yep. Um, so yeah, just they've taken a bit longer to to come through, but they they certainly can run the distance. I've, Mark Ferrugia's got one of mine there, Rebel Ethics, which I've, he's won his last couple as well. I've, I've got a good opinion of him. Uh, maybe stepping him up to six hundred for the first time on Tuesday yep. at Gosford, and I think uh, he's um, he might be one to watch over the longer distances too. Yeah, nice, nice. Now, how long have you been training, Dave, and, and where did it all start for you in greyhound racing? I've uh, been training probably since about 
2000 when um, Don McMillan retired. I, I bought my first dog when I got my first paycheck and um, <laughs> I, was lucky enough, I was lucky enough Don trained it for me and then, yeah, the first time he retired, he, he gave it back to me. So we would just went from there yep. um, and I just started walking one or two around the block. But I've really only been doing this full time for probably three years. I was always, uh, you know, I had my own businesses and ran businesses. So it was really just a sideline. Yeah. Um, and then with the way life went, my way went, my went. I ended up um, sort of selling the business and just doing the dogs full time, so I can help look after my kids. Yep. How do you find doing the the full time thing? Because you know, obviously, I, I speak to some people who juggle either full time work and part time training, or you know, part time work, part time training, etc. Do you think um, that you've been able to make like a real good go of it, and obviously get those results since you have switched to full time? I think the advantage of being, I think it, there's no such thing as a part-time trainer. I think once you take off one or two dogs, you're just full-time. It just becomes like yeah. every moment of your day, you've got to be there. But the advantage of being full-time uh, is I can go to the tracks I need to go to, you know, rather than go where work allowed me to go. Yeah. Um, you know, or you just go where the best dog went, you can put the other ones in wherever. But if I need to be up the straight, I'll go up the straight. If I need to go to Goulburn, I'll go to Goulburn. You know, you've got that flexibility to not just race at the one track and that brings the best out of the dogs and certainly you know you can reduce your injuries too because as i say we've got some some dogs they're obviously suited to one turn once they've had certain certain injuries and that that's um the longevity of their career plays out with that being able to go where you need to yeah sure is um like and this could be obviously from your um tom with dawn or anyone else is there anything in particular you know that that's been um, sort of handed over to you, you know, in regards to training or preparing dogs, race recovery, etc. that's sort of really stuck with you that, um, you know, works well for your training regime? The late Barry Lazzarini was just an absolute champion. He taught me a lot. Um, he's seen me very early on because Don sort of retired, so he, he told me, you know, just do this with the dog, feed this and take to the races. And, um, yeah, it gave me some good pointers to be patient and whatnot, but... We saw her at the races and Barry Lazzarini saw me one day trying to ice a dog's wrist and come over and help me and said, well, come and see me. And, um, you know, there's nothing that that guy didn't know about greyhounds and uh, he was more than willing to pass it on and really, really helped, I suppose, help kick dogs, just teach me how to look after the dogs inside and outside. And, um, yeah, I owe him a lot. Yep. Yep, no, beautiful. Now, obviously, um, you know, switching to attention to the GBOTA because obviously, you know, this is a GBOTA podcast. How, um, what member, um, branch member are you and what made you sort of want to join up as a GBOTA member uh, initially? Well, I'm part of the Camden branch and look, I, I suppose when, when I was only part-time, everything was a hobby and I didn't really want to get involved in any politics or anything because I just want to go to the races and enjoy it. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, have, a, have a bet, you know, sit in my own circles and do, do your own thing, you know what I mean, and not get yep. mixed up all the whinging, like who cares about the grading policy, whatever. When you've only got one or two dogs, it's not it's not the end of the world. But yep. when, when you get as heavily invested as I have, and I'm, I'm not sure how many I've actually got out there, you end up, I suppose, yeah, you, you sort of have to take an interest in it you have to have your say on where you think should be headed, things yep. should head. And um, I suppose, well, TBATA is obviously that voice and the meetings and learning what's going on. And, you know, I recommend sort of everyone gets along to those meetings and, and has their say. Um, 
and hopefully you know, move some dogs in the right direction because where we've come from five years ago to where we are now with these big races, like the, a big race just seems to get added to the calendar every day. And, yeah. And, and all those things are just fantastic. And there's, all, there's always more we can do or channeling money in the right direction and everyone has an opinion. But um, I suppose there can only be one way and it goes through the TVOTA, you get that chance to voice it. So yep. it's been good. Yep. Yeah, nice. Is there a particular aspect of race, and like you said, from you know the five six years ago where we were nearly gone here in New South Wales to where we are now, is there something in particular that you know um, you've been really impressed by and what's changed? Oh, I think everyone knows things have been cleaned up, cleaned up. It needed to be the yeah. welfare of the dogs, the what you know, the rehoming, the treating of dogs. You know, um, it's just yeah. I think everyone in the dogs, we all know that we all love them, and it's just you know, it's good to have them. They're finding good homes for them and all that sort of thing. It's all getting the right publicity out there now. Um, but they are lovely dogs. You know, it's, it's still sometimes people will walk past and they'll have a misconception the dogs are, are vicious or something and you can pull them over and say, hey, come and pat the dog. And, yep. and uh, yeah, then word gets out. And I think especially I find like I've got the young kids at school and uh, even the million-dollar chase has been really good when you go to the kids' sport to, to get them talking about the dogs and people can't yep. believe that sort of money's up, up and uh, you know and yes, most people know my son Cooper how much he loves the dogs so we might bring one down to the soccer and that sort of thing and <laughs> uh, yeah, everyone has a pat and I think that yeah just there will be people sort of that either want to own them or as a race dog or, or just as pets from all that sort of exposure. Yep. Yep. And what's the dream for yourself, Dave? Do you have sort of like a number of races each year that, you know, you'd like to win? Is there a particular feature race or group race in particular you'd love to win? Because obviously, I'm guessing now, you know, obviously with Super Estrella and you know, other dogs that, um, you know, you've been training, you do get a lot of uh, people wanting to uh, wanting you to train their dogs. So is there a particular race now that you sort of think, geez, if the, you know, the right dog comes along or I've already got them in my kennel, I'd love to win? Yeah, not, I haven't really had anyone offer me dogs, but if anyone's what? listening and wants, <laughs> and wants to give me a dog, I've got nothing in the million-dollar chase. I'll definitely pay for one. Um, so That's I've unreal. I've got a couple of owners. I've got most of my own dogs. Yeah, I don't have have too many offers, but, um, yeah, only if I with myself when I'm the owner, but um, <laughs> about where to go. Look, the million-dollar chase is just an obvious one. It's, it's yeah. a race now. On the, it's on the world stage, everyone. You know, it's not just Australia, really, that are interested in watching that race in terms of greyhound enthusiasts. So yeah. that's obviously a dream. And um, I'd love to win a Top Gun as well because... Yeah, right, yep. Those dogs are hand-selected and, you know, not that there's ever an easy beat, but if you go into that group race, you know, you're racing the best eight dogs in the country yeah, at that that's time. Right. And, um, yeah, look, there's... Everyone's there, so if you beat them, you know, it's pretty special. Yep. Um, so we did come third in the last year. Um, Classy Epics made it the year before, but unfortunately got an injury in the lead-up. So, yeah, maybe third time lucky. Yep. Oh, definitely, definitely. I think it's it's good what you were saying about the the exposure, and obviously, you know, it, it's not just myself, but it's something that you know I've come on board with GBOTA to try and um, you know, obviously give a big push to as well because you're right, a lot of people still um, they're either unsure or they have a bit of a misconception about 
you know what goes into training a dog what happens at the races because there's just not that sort of mainstream media coverage you know like there is um particularly with horse racing um as well so yeah i think it's um it's really good now that we've got you know so many podcasts and um platforms and that out there that sort of you know i I can feel it starting to change a little bit um I, i definitely don't get as much you know negative feedback as what i used to get say four or five years ago um so yeah i think it's sort of definitely moving um in the right direction which is obviously what um what we're trying to do at uh at GBOTA and what everyone else is trying to do and um yeah let's um let's hope we can um keep moving in the right direction hopefully yeah it would be great to have some more young people involved you know say like you know the age of the train is probably 85 you know, yeah. so <laughs> we're we've got to be where you know Wary of that, and, and yes. try and encourage as many young people to, to get involved as we can, because they can they can be a trainer, they can make a living out of it. And I suppose um, you know that's one thing I was sort, sort of trying to get across to people. We were for, I'm a first generation trainer. We didn't have any idea yep. what we're doing. We probably still don't, but yep. people will people will help you. Um, yes, you know, and uh, it's it's not rocket science. It's really just a matter of keeping looking after an animal, keeping it fit, and I, I really believe keeping them happy. Yeah. If they're happy, all the, the happy dogs run well. Yeah. They go out there and do their best every time you put them out. And, yep that's um and that's really common pretty much everybody i speak to says that same thing they say look it's it's not hard and i'm like well why can't i train a group winner then um but yeah i suppose you got to have the right dog don't you (laughs) you do well it's only taken me 25 years (laughs) (laughs) okay i'll just write that down i've got 25 years to go (laughs) yeah but you're right yeah sorry no you are right it, it's a common theme that every trainer says to me um you know feeding them well looking after them you know making sure they're injury free happy healthy etc and um yeah and and you're right I, th- I think yeah we can look at because obviously you know I, I look at horse racing a lot and they do sort of the the apprenticeships and the career industry opportunities and that really well like introducing you know basically kids from school or or you know young adults into careers in their industry and yeah I think that's obviously you know something that I'll be looking at and working on um because a a lot of youngsters don't know what career options are available in greyhound racing so um yeah I think there's a big opportunity there to sort of get them that exposure and you see the you know I think it's 12 now the age um that handlers can get their license now and you see the kids out on the track handling the dogs and getting photos and winning and all the rest of it and they love it being on tv and <laughs> they love it oh i think that my son can't wait to get his he's just turned 12 and i think that's really important because they're obviously handling the dogs at home and um, yes you know maybe yeah different rules if it's metropolitan dogs or whatever where the dogs are obviously worth a lot of money um group race to have kids handling but definitely in the provincials and country races we need you need to involve the kids because that 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 keeps them interested yeah Yep. Yeah, that's our future. Yep, definitely. Because, because we can, we're showing we can grow. I really hope we can get a new track. Um, you know, that we don't just take one of the tracks we've already got. We need, a, we need a really good base, a good track with everything that we can show off and get people to come back to the dogs and be proud of. Yep, yep, definitely. Yeah. 